What's going on, boys and girls, and welcome back to another episode of Eating Shit. If you're new here, the point of this show is to quickly come on here once a week and share the lessons I've learned with you guys in real time so you don't have to make the same dumbass mistakes that I have. Stupid. Or just learn from my experiences in general. If the episode provided value for you, share the show on your story or send it to someone you think would benefit from it. And also uh, throw up a five-star review on the podcast app or a thumbs up on YouTube to help with the organic reach. So lesson of the week this week. Um, similar to the 80-20 rule, I was just reflecting on this deal that we closed on Friday. It's a wholesale deal, and I actually go into much more detail on everything we had to do with this deal um, on a vlog that I just shot that'll be on the YouTube channel coming up here. I guess not. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll drop it this week because I just posted. I just made a video live right now, so I'll throw up this video probably on like Wednesday or something. So if you don't follow the Fiki Flips YouTube channel, go subscribe on there um, so you can check the video and get more details on what I'm about to talk about here. Um, but really, you know that that video is all about just kind of the reality of what we have to do uh, on some of these wholesale deals because remember when we're going off market, um, we're providing. Like the easy button is how we always say it um, in the in a real estate transaction. Much much simpler and easier and less painful than listing your property, um, but you're always going to net more if you list your property. So it really does take like a motivated seller, and then we try to do everything we can to make it as painless as possible for the seller. Um, some deals are much harder than others, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about here. Is that you know it's it's just kind of funny that it works out that way, and it's always like the deals that are the most difficult to get to the finish line are usually the ones that you end up making the least amount of money on when it kind of should be the other way around with the ones that take the most effort should give you the biggest reward. Um, but it hardly ever works out like that. So for this, uh, for this deal specifically, you know, we had to do a lot of stuff for the seller. Um, he was elderly, no internet access. He, you have to wet ink everything. There's no DocuSign. Um, he had to find another place to live. And when I say we, I'm specifically talking about, for the most most part, it was all Kyle, um, our acquisition manager, that got the contract. Um, because you know when when just for confuses the seller a little bit less when it's only like you know one person reaching out to them the whole time. Even though Kyle's job is really over at that point. He gets the contract signed. Um, he's usually, you know, the point of contact for the seller throughout escrow. So when the sellers need their hand held, like this guy did, um, he's doing a lot of extra work. But even further than just like point of contact and hand holding, you know, he really went above and beyond to give this guy a lot of stuff. So, um, you know, the place was owner occupied, super distressed, elderly. He's not taking anything with him. He's moving into a studio apartment here in town. And, um, you know, because he doesn't have internet, we really had to set everything up for him. So like Kyle had to find the apartment for him. He's calling around all these different complexes, finding a place that would accept him. He even drove out to the, you know, this place is out in Cold Springs too, you know, pretty far away from our office. Uh, one day, just to make sure that he could get into the apartment, Kyle drove out there, picked him up, brought him down to the social security office, waited in line with him for two or three hours just to get some sort of letter to prove his income, took him over to the apartment complex, um, got him all approved and application fee paid and all that type of stuff, um, and then drove him back home. So 
A lot of stuff went into this deal, and that's just moving. We paid for the movers. We set up the movers. Uh, we, well, we were supposed to sell two cars for them. We ended up buying one from them so we can just sell it later. We don't have to rely on other people. Uh, we set up a towing company to come get the other car for him. Um, just a lot of a lot of effort and a lot of moving parts in this deal to get it to the finish line. And after all of that, our wholesale fee was 7500 bucks. So... Not that 7,500 is terrible, but you know that's definitely on the lower end for our wholesale fees um, for the deals that we usually do. We try to keep it above 20,000 uh, on average. So it's just one of those things that you know after all of this effort and Kyle even said over the weekend, you know Sunday right now, he said yesterday was um, the move out day for the seller after we closed the deal late last week and. He, he wrote like, I'm glad to say that the seller is totally moved in and it's done, wrapped up, like he's he's done with the deal. He was very, very pleased to get this one to the finish line. But um, yeah, after all that, you know, you end up with a small fee, but it's kind of how things work out sometimes. And really, you know, that's that if you guys haven't heard of the 80-20 rule, definitely look into it. There's a, that's the slang term for it. I can't remember the actual name for it, but um, it's, it essentially says like, you know, when you look at your life or your business or whatever, it applies to almost everything. Um, really 80% of your results come from 20% of the action. Um, so in the name of efficiency, we're always trying to see, you know, what, what are those 20% of actions that we're taking that are yielding uh, the 80% of the results. Like how do we just do more of that and cut out the other 80% of action? Um, so that goes to for deals too. And that's you know the case for moving out of single family and into multifamily because you get the economies of scale and all that type of stuff with it. Um, but for right now, single family is the devil we know. So we're gonna stick with that. But I think a couple episodes I was telling you guys how I was, you know, I was looking at all the deals that we've done um, in the last half of, of the last year and trying to see, you know, the common denominators for the ones that were easy to get to the finish line. And that's kind of what I was doing. I was looking for, you know, that 20% of deals that was the easiest for us to close. And so we can just focus on that. But, you know, if you listen to that episode, unfortunately, there's really not one, um, one type of seller or one type of home or anything like that, that are just, notoriously easy or notoriously hard where it's like, all right, we're never fucking doing that type of deal or we're never talking to this type of seller or whatever, just because it's impossible to close. Um, at least for the, the ones that we have done, you know, I can, I can see that being the case for some types of property in different markets, like a few that we have locked up in Alabama right now that are heavy, heavy lifts. I can definitely see, you know, once we know more about area and stuff like that, how those are going to be like, just stay away from those because they're almost impossible to sell. Um, so there's always stuff that you can pick up and, and improve the model a little bit for what you're doing. But as far as like, you know, that's what I was really trying to figure out is like, I was kind of like, I, I was putting the cart before the horse. Like I, I went into it thinking like, oh, for sure, I'm going to find that every single non-owner occupied deal we did was easy, but that's not what it was. Um, so I, we have such a mixed bag of deals that we've closed and it's such a mixed bag with like 
this this type of property was easy or this type of seller was easy that it's really difficult just to narrow down like oh we should only focus on stick built homes that are newer than 1985 because those are the easiest ones or just focus on non-owner occupied properties because those are the easiest ones that's just from our data sample is just not the way it is so we kind of just have to keep doing what we're doing and making those smaller tweaks instead of large ones like that but um yeah, this, this deal is just a great example of that where you just work your ass off for it and like you end up with the small fee. And then we have other ones that take like a tenth of the effort that this one and you make three times as much money on it. I just wish that it was more predictable that we could really see like every single time that, that happens. So let's stay away from that. It's just not really like that. So you guys can take that and um, apply it to whatever you're doing. Just look for those things that you know, I think a, a better example of that rather than just like the entire model that I'm talking about is like our sales activities, like the revenue generating activities. Like we know for our company, like offers made is the most important metric that we can do. So everything we have to do is centered around making offers, because if we can't make offers, we can't do deals. Um, so that's like the brick of the company. So we always have to think like, you know, super macro level, the business is marketing sales and disposition. So, you know, sales is, you know, you're making your offers and you're getting your contracts. Disposition is selling those contracts if you're in a wholesaling model and then marketing drives the leads to be able to make offers on. So that's why we track all that stuff with our KPIs. And if one of those things is broken, you know, the other two suffer. So we have to keep a close eye on it, but that is like the base level of things we should be doing and things that actually produce revenue. And the other 10,000 things that come with the business, not that they're not important, but really when it's like wartime and buckle down and we need to make money right now, those three things are the only things that matter because without those, we don't make any money and the other 10,000 bullshit activities you can't do anyway if you're not in business. So a little bit better explanation on 80-20 there. A um, couple of wins for this week. Um, we closed four wholesale deals this week, which makes that our biggest like wholesale only week with um, 75,000 in closed profit for the week, um, which is really good. Everyone here has been working their fucking ass off for the last, you know, three, four months. So we definitely deserve it. Um, if the two that are scheduled to close next week end up closing next week, um, we'll beat this week. So that'll be, uh, I hope that that happens for, for next week's episode. And I can come back and say, actually, um, this week was the biggest week, but yeah, definitely pumped on that, closing four deals and having our biggest wholesale week ever. Uh, we've had bigger weeks with flipping, of course, because we got, you know, we've done, made more than that on one deal um, before. But um, yeah, super stoked to get a few of these things to the finish line. And then uh, I didn't even write it down in my notes here, but I think we got three more contracts this week and we're waiting on two more that were out. And, you know, the sellers are just kind of dragging their feet for whatever reason. But um, definitely like the consistency and locking up deals has been there for the last month. And now it's just like crunch time, trying to get more of them um, monetized and get some money coming back in. So um, yeah, but pumped on pumped in general on the way things are moving. And I know like, you know, we have, I don't know, we had like 16 deals in, in contract and then I think we closed four of them and then we locked up three more. So I think we still have right now, we still have like 14 or 15 in contract. And I know a percentage of those are not going to make it. Um, you know, that's just, 
It's how it is. You know, we have a fallout rate. Everyone has a fallout rate. We talked about that last week, I believe. Um, and then especially like moving into the new market, the fallout rate is going to be higher than normal because we don't know what we don't know and we're learning as we go, but it's all good. Um, we'll get some of them monetized. And even if they're small fees, um, I'd rather do that, take the lessons with it, make some money with it and move on and, you know, get better deals uh, on the next go around. So, um, that about wraps it up for this episode, <laughs> episode, uh, thanks for watching. Uh, we will see you guys next week.